We are joined this evening by Hassan Lorget, a social justice activist. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hassan, bye. Wa alaikum salam and thank you for having me. And shukran jazakum for joining us. Uh, Hassan, uh, I trust you heard a bit of that opening discussion over there. Misinformation. Yeah, you don't need me. <laughs> <laughs> misinformation being the order of the day. And of course, our attention and focus, rightfully so, is on the events happening in Gaza, Rafah in particular. But misinformation in general has played a major role in propping up the state of Israel. I mean, talk to us how much money has been spent, how much energy has been spent in order to create this platform of misinformation to a point that even well-meaning individuals in the West and even in our country for that matter, can't see right from wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Noam Chomsky, uh, the Jewish pro-Palestinian intellectual, uh, has said basically that uh, propaganda is the threat to democracies as violence is to dictatorships. And I think that we are both at play here. Uh, Part of my concern has been how South African leaders of uh, society, largely from the white community who set the agenda, uh, have been so rapidly pro-Israel that it undermined their liberal credentials. A number of them will just remain silent. I can go through the media houses. I am surprised why ENCA does not give us enough coverage on just reporting the truth. No one says you must side, because when you talk about the truth, you're siding with the oppressed. So they are silent. A number of these go into hiding. You know, when, when there was a, a protest meeting uh, uh, to, to, um, to, to support and commemorate those journalists who, who fell, I mm. pointed out to them that stations like yours and others in the, in the Muslim community and, and largely have been so consistently reporting and the mainstream media generally have been absent of course, some of them do some brilliant work, but internationally it's even far worse. The BBC and others got into trouble for reporting that there were 200,000, 300,000 people in the streets. Why do you get into trouble for reporting the truth? Because that is true. You get into trouble because when you report that large numbers of people are unhappy with what the leaders are doing, it undermines the standing of the leaders. But, you know, we, we when we condemn what mainstream media in the West does, uh, we only exclude Al Jazeera, who's not really from the West, but they've been really, really good. Most of them have fallen by the wayside, you know. Fox News, all of them have been really poor. MSNBC got rid of Mehdi uh, Hassan for mm. simply asking the truth to others. But I think with the just back home here, what you have found is that the usual suspects of African Jewish report IFM, who, who, who rely on spokespeople like uh, uh, this guy from the former CEO of the South African Institute for Race Relations, right? Mm. Uh, they, 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 and they, the Brenters Foundation, they've been doing incredible work for their side, right? And uh, essentially, what they're about is that they want to undermine the significance of the victory. And they come with the usual story that South Africa shouldn't be caring about international affairs. We've got problems at home. True, we have problems at home, but we don't exist outside others. 
This is the, the philosophy of, of Ubuntu. And uh, since South Africa argued the case before the ICJ, to today, 4,000 more people have died, you know, because uh, it's now 28,000. So clearly, uh, much of the world, much of Hassan, the if I could, if I could just step in there, uh, you know, when, when they made the claim that South Africa should not be concerned about foreign matters, uh, you know, beyond our boundaries because we've got plenty of issues closer to home, uh, I suppose they were not as enthusiastic when they were, you know, yellow Ukrainian flags hoisted by their very same individuals. They, they were apparently quite silent when, when these yellow, you know, U- Ukrainian flags as much as we detest the loss of life anywhere in the world for that matter and and uh, you know we abhor any form of, of of difficulties that humanity is uh, is facing and we want a peaceful resolution even to what's happening you know in 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 mid-europe ukraine and russia but the reality is from a south african perspective uh, it seemed that that narrative of we only need to be concerned about what happens within the borders of south africa falls away when the agenda uh, suits uh, uh, so it's a pro-European narrative. Well, what you're saying is true. You know, uh, the leader of the Democratic Alliance actually went to the Ukraine. Mm. And he shows a record is squeaky clean uh, that he didn't abuse any funds. But he was funded by Greg Milden and, and the Brentos Foundation. And that undermines the the integrity of the party. Because clearly, we could pay, I could pay... Then he go to Gaza. Will he go? No, he won't go. Well, we'll ask him to go to the West Bank, where the the, the attacks have been uh, in the dark, but continuing even in the open, but no one takes notice of it. There's been a sense of depopulation, a strategy of depopulation, not only in Gaza and Rafah, but in, in, in these other parts or uh, in the shadow of, of what's happening in the Gaza is been happening on the West Bank. I think about 400 people have been killed since the, the unrest happened in, in, in Gaza. So, so or the, resi- the resistance and, of course, the repression in, in the Gaza. But, you know, Greg Mills and Ray Hartley published an article, The Critical Problem of a Populist Foreign Policy. And then what you heard, when I tried to challenge this from the Daily Maverick, whom you would think are the doyens of liberalism, and free press and pluralism basically use some excuse to say, well, the article is out of date. Can I refresh it? I refresh it. Say, Without looking at it, the editor said to me, can you cut it down? <laughs> or, or it's too long. It doesn't fit in. When I cut it down, uh, I was doing other work. He then told me that, well, why are you attacking Rebecca Davis? Uh, she gave a, a very balanced article. If you ever look at this article called Fact Check, did Iran fund South Africa's approach to the ICJ over Israel? It's a non-issue, right? There's no proof, but you have a whole newspaper article about it, a long one, right? probably 800 words, and a video to boot, right, to kind of explain this idea. And then in the throwaway line, saying, well, you don't need to have conspiracy theories because the ANC and others have had relationships with the Palestinians from a, from a long time. But the idea is that you could run a fake news story under the guise that you are fact-checking. Mm. You know, it's just amazing. The video I found, in fact, I don't like to use the word racist in a, in a cheaply, but I found it deeply offensive in that they, they interviewed the white guys 
right? And they gave them voice. Franz Cronier had voice, they quoted live. Paul Hoffman had voice, quoted mm-hmm. live. And then the black people there, that Rebecca Davis reads it out. And out of a video of five minutes, 14 seconds, I think the rebuttal comes out in about 30 seconds. That is propaganda par excellence. We have a lot to learn if that's your model. I hope we don't go to the propaganda model. But you know, mm. they really just recycle these kind of things. But the aim is, they, they, they sometimes in the court case, uh, the ICJ case, both South Africa and uh, um, uh, the Israelis uh, used Raphael Lemkin. And I, uh, uh, you know, Raphael Lemkin was a brilliant person who helped us coin the phrase genocide. And that, uh, uh, and what happened is that he uh, uh, basically did not see it as being specific only to defend Jewish people because he knew human nature and greed and power is such that everyone could be attacked by that. And what is so amazing for me, 10 days after the 7th October, which everyone talks about, in fact, there was life and repression of Palestinians before that. That is not to condone what happened uh, to innocent people on the 7th. But clearly a lot more people died and died at the hands of the Israelis, as Haaretz and other newspapers talk about. So this idea of a war, as you pointed out in your introduction, they needed to bolster a whole lot of uh, uh, morality arguments so that they can go to a war in a rushed way. But at the end of the day, you know, the truth every day is being unraveled. But seven days after that, ten days after that, uh, the Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention in the SOS alert, Gaza, the second alert, said Palestine, and they warned that Palestine, we are, that we were absolutely disgusted by the response of Western nations to the crisis of Israel-Palestine. Western nations have given Israel a green light to commit genocide, have offered direct military support to Israel in a war on Gaza, and have clamped down on freedom of expression in their own countries. The green light has led to the horrific scenes of genocide in Gaza since the 7th October 2023 attack on Israel Bahamas. But just today, Israel attacked the Al-Akhli hospital in Gaza City, as well as a UN school. These are, I would hope, some of them are Jewish people, they're working there. But the institute that carries the name of this Jewish intellectual was so forthright speaking truth to power. They continue to speak when UNRWA was defunded and, you know, without any evidence whatsoever. And I wonder sometimes, what has it done for Western liberalism? What has it done for, for the truth? I mean, these guys, are, uh, we can't trust them. We can't trust them. In fact, I, I think we need to challenge even the likes who are now trying to talk soft, like Obama and in the others. I mean, they come here celebrated as being very good friends of our president, Nelson Mandela. But they were sending drones to places and people they didn't even know and killing them in their thousands. Mm. These guys all have to, be, have to account. 
Hassan, on the same on the same account of 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 misrepresentation and uh, and facts and fact check, we've seen in the in the last few years, especially I would say the last five to seven years, in particular, the rise of social media, and this cannot go discounted. You have the traditional news outlets who, for many decades, I would say post World War One, for that matter, pushed out a particular narrative. Uh, it probably reached its height in the sixties and seventies the time of the Vietnam War and then towards the 90s when it was still very powerful you saw the birth of the internet and in its infancy well the internet was more used as a tool of discussion communication but then in in basically my or our generation you you saw the burst of social media where people are able to tell their own stories and uh, although these news outlets are not redundant Fox is not redundant it has its its audience uh, MSNB your BBC, they've all got their audience, but the the, the protest action and and the culture that is currently visible from the West, especially Europe, especially the UK in particular, if we may use that as a barometer, London as a barometer, it shows that more and more people are not falling for their nonsense and they are actually receiving their information firsthand to the millisecond from people who are, well, as one you know, documenter said, documenting their own, documenting their own genocide. Right. Is, is this a game changer? I, I mean, I think that social media is, has been very, very good to uh, the victims and those who are oppressed. I mean, one would think of uh, Black Lives Matter where a young 17-year-old girl recorded uh, uh, George Floyd's words, mm. I can't breathe, I can't breathe. It was a young lady who did that, you know. So, but I must also say that when one looks at uh, um, the BBC, MSNBC, all these others, they have a strong social media presence. Mm. So they populate the space as much as we are, and they have a double dip at it because they then have the reputation of being uh, uh, genuine journalists having great staff, and then they use all the medium, the media available, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Twitter, etc., so the point is not just it's not just a free space anymore the 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 main voices are there but what has happened that the voices of the the oppressed community speaking truth right where they can't deny it initially israel used to try and deny it no this is staged it is from an afghan whatever none of that has been used anymore because first they even tried to lie that shirin abu akhle was not uh, shot by a sniper now they shoot using sniper for everyone, for children, for grandmothers, for anybody. There's no lying. These guys just have no shame. There's no humanity left in them. And this is the significance of the ICJ case. Before, you and I would be very circumspect what we say because we'll be accused of being anti-Semitic, etc., etc. ICJ pointed out that these are human beings on the wrong path, like, uh, really, really the wrong path, uh, uh, doing wrong things, and they should be accountable like anybody else. Like Mobutu Seseko, exactly Netanyahu, all of them have to be there. And the fact that the International Criminal Court and others have been vilifying only African corrupt leaders, leaving these kind of leaders that have got the backing of Europe intact, mm. those days must come to an end. It's a long journey, but this is a small start. And that the Global South has actually won an incredible victory what we, who are critical social justice activists here, have to do is to 
keep our government on track. The lessons of that principle stand there must apply to how we work at home and in the neighborhood. We need to take up dictators in our neighborhood and we need to make sure that our leaders do not operate as dictators, but operate as Democrats from a civil society that they've come from and imbued with that spirit. So they don't get a free hand from us. They get a, a salute. You've done the right thing, but we will keep an eye on you for you to continue doing the right thing. When you do the wrong thing, we'll be critical of you. But mm. the government has done well. But let me just tell you what the, the other strategy of the Zionists have been. They tried to use the uh, the grand, uh, the great uh, uh, rabbi who thinks he's a great guy, but he was brought down to size by South African Jews for Free Palestine. He mm. said he's unelected and he speaks. He's a genocide enabler. He was cut down to size. So what he ends up doing, he takes a thousand letters to the soldiers who are killing. You know, uh, we took an issue with Tigger for just praising the soldiers. This priest, this man who's supposed to be a holy man, I don't know, I don't know if he's a holy man or he's got a hole in his head, because I don't understand why you could praise those ghosts as far as to actually praise those who are killing innocent children. You know, you could at least have been more smarter than that. So they've used him to bolster the Jewish community. And then they present the image that the Jewish community is under siege. The Jewish community is not under siege. Mm. You know, Jewish voices for peace and others uh, for uh, for free Palestine are thriving. They're having an event tomorrow night. They're thriving because they w- believe that we have to be one in communion with each other. That's the spirit of Ubuntu. So the other weapon that they've tried to use against the ICJ case and against all of us who support justice for Palestinians is to say that this case is not a South African government case, but an ANC case. And this is why they're wrong, because this is a government case, and all their lackeys who go to Israel for various expertise, uh, technological, spying equipment and monies, they're the ones who keep supporting uh, uh, small parties like ACDP and uh, Patriotic Alliance and others. But this is a game changer, I tell you. And we, we on the, they are not on the right side of history. We are. Hassan Lorgat Shukran Jazakum for joining us on Radio Islam International with this uh, this discussion and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you well. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam and thank you for having me.